Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. Jessica says she just sent whatever. Hmm? All right, I'll get her. Hey. All right, give us a thumbs up if you can see us, hear us. Let some people get logged on. Another week of Table Talk. You pull it up when you're on there? Yeah. All right. Let's see if we get... Uh, I'm making sure I can see the comments. I <laughs> there you go. Are you ready? Yeah, we got a couple. All right. So, thank you for tuning in again. It's another week of uh, table talk, and this Sunday we was back to our encounters with Jesus uh, sermon, and you can always go watch that on YouTube, on our Facebook. Uh, but man, this Sunday was packed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was crazy. It it was definitely the most people that we've ever had at church. Yeah. People were asking me why I couldn't answer. You know, it's like, I don't know. I guess the COVID spike went down and it was kind of warm. And uh, all I can tell you was it was a great Sunday to have that many people because that was a great message. And uh, so quickly, just tell us about what the message was about. It was about follow me. Um, it was uh, from Matthew 4, 18, 19, and 20 when Jesus calls out and encounters uh, two brothers, Andrew and Simon, and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. So the, the, the basis of my sermon was just on, we have choices, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, indecision is still a decision. And I think so many times we have these on defense Christians or I meant to uh, people, it's like, no, you either make the choice or you don't. You're right. either following or you're not. There is no in-between. Like, you're either following God or you're following the world. So that was about uh, the gist of my sermon. And like I said, you can always go back and watch it on uh, YouTube. What I, I, you know, what I liked about it a lot was uh, the clear emphasis that Jesus says, follow me mm -hmm. and me alone. And you had talked a lot about how following Jesus leads you straight to the cross and yeah. that by what you're following dictates what you really believe. Yeah. And so um, you could not have been sitting there Sunday morning and not evaluated your own life and what you were doing or where, you know, who you were following. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I thought it was powerful and it was a great, uh, I had great conversations with some people afterwards. Um, yeah that you know was like man it just really made me think about where i'm at and what i'm doing and mm -hmm. so uh it was good and I, I do i recommend man you go back and watch it youtube channel facebook whatever you can and uh and check it out yeah for sure and then the next uh we always have a servant of the week and uh and it's not any like any particular order like oh it's just the higher servants like right mm -hmm. it's like we always have a servant of the week that stands out and who we have picked this week is who, Roger? John and Lisa Klaus. Whoop, whoop. And uh, it's kind of funny because, uh, it's not funny, but it's interesting because uh, a lot of our people might not even know John and Lisa. Like, that's how well they serve in the background. But uh, they've been here for over a year. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, they've been a part of the church and in church leadership for almost 30 years. Um, he's pastored, and um, you know they they've just been a part of the church for years. And so, um, but what they do is, um, man, they're they're Johnny on the spot. Like when we need them, uh, they're quick to respond. They've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff and um, cleaning areas in the church up, removing some clutter, doing a lot of those things. You know, um, Lisa's a part of the women's Bible study. Mm-hmm. John uh, co-leads the men's Bible study. Uh, if there's a clean day, John was here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and so they're just they're they're servants. They understand what it means to be a Christian is mm-hmm. to uh, not always be leading, but also following. Yeah. One thing I love about them, and people don't even know this because it's so behind the scenes, is they recently took a faith and finance course, yeah. so they would be able to lead it. Yeah. And they're already preparing, you know. So like. I usually do the budgeting uh, class and stuff. Well, now they're going to be able to offer the faith and finance class to our church. And, you know, they that's another thing they've been working on behind the scenes that we're going to be able to offer this year mm-hmm. to the members at Matthew's Table. Isn't that cool that they, I mean, how, how long do you think, maybe three months of yeah. training yeah, just so they could teach the class? M- like Monday nights every, for every week for like three months so yeah. they could teach a class and offer it. They definitely sacrifice. Like when you think about the fact they've been in church leadership for 30 years and they don't have any, yeah. you know, angle mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Rather, this time they're they're doing all the background serving I stuff. So yeah. it's good so stuff. If you know John and Lisa Klaus, tell them you appreciate them and we appreciate them at Matthew's Table. Yeah. All right. Upcoming events. What we got? Light up the dark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, my wife. You know, I got mixed feelings on this. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be good in terms of uh, some inward focus, us hanging out with each other, Matthew's table, people. You have to break out the bank account. But Brittany's been on this (laughs) kick where she's like, you know, I got to get me a really nice dress. And I'm like, I'm going to strangle them for this. But... Uh, you don't, right? You don't have to have anything no. really nice. But no. uh, we are going to be formal in yeah. the sense uh, I don't dress up. So uh, my formal may be a collared shirt. I don't know. No, nah, suit and tie. Suit and tie. No, nah, I'm playing. But, uh, no, it's just an event for the people at Matthew's Table. And I love it because it's something different. Yeah. Like most of our events, like we'd show up in shorts and, and sweatpants and a T-shirt and it, it's a great event, but I think this is getting a lot of people out of their comfort zones. And it's the 19th. Uh, if you haven't bought a ticket, you can buy them online. You can buy them this Sunday. It's from 6 to 8. We'll have a nice meal. We'll have a DJ. Um, we'll have some fun, you know, and we'll have some fellowship. There'll be a photographer. So, like, man, like, I'm going to be dr- – like, me and my wife's going to be looking good. No. Yeah. yeah I'm, now I'm all of a sudden shopping for something nice to wear. But anyways yeah. – uh, but it also has a good cause, right? Yeah. Like, like let them know why we're doing it. Um, so we are doing this to raise money for our youth to go to youth camp. Yeah. So I think that's an amazing, like, and I think we're even going to do like a raffle there. Mm-hmm. You know, the winner will win something. But all this is to contributing to our youth going to camp. And... Like, you you seen them last year when they Man. came back from camp. They was on fire. They were on fire. Yeah. Kids were excited. They enjoyed. You know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. had fun. It was great. Um, and here's what I love is at our church, there is no reason why 
none of our youth didn't have a reason to not go to youth camp. Yeah. It wasn't because of finances. Yeah. It wasn't because they couldn't go. Like, they do such a good job of, if you're in youth, you can go to youth camp. Yeah. And that's by doing events like this, doing car washes, doing, you know, bake sales, doing just different things throughout the year. All of our youth who otherwise maybe never would have had a chance to go to youth camp now yeah. get to go experience that. And, and so what I get so excited about is realizing that there are some youth in our church that would never have an opportunity to go to church camp. Yeah. Or have never been to anything like that. And church camp's not the solution, right? Jesus is. But it's a great experience and exposes them to uh, um, a Christian uh, lifestyle that many of the camp leaders and stuff are doing. Uh, but also, uh, it's cool because uh, the the leadership, the youth leaders, they set up this uh, giving opportunity where our people have been sacrificing mm-hmm. their own money weekly, yeah. and it's a numbered envelope system. I, and, and I bring this up because uh, maybe Sunday, I noticed an individual had came in and found their envelope and had put some money in it. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, that's so awesome because uh, they're like me. They probably don't make a lot of money, but mm-hmm. they're willing to give just a little bit to be sure that the youth gets to go. That's so it. it's just been a really cool deal, and I'm excited. that. So, so if you're watching now and you want to give to that and like, hey, I can't make it to the event or I got plans on the 19th, you can still give to that. You just go to our, our church center app or our giving app. And you go to, you select what you want to give, and you go to lighting up the dark. Yeah. All that money will go to help send our youth to youth camp. So even if you can't come, even if like, hey, I don't want to dress up, I want to, you can still give to this cause. Yeah, and probably the most exciting, what I'm most excited about is on that night, Nick and Rob Martin are going to have a dance off. <laughs> no, you're going to be and, a, you're going to beatbox. Yeah, I'm going to beatbox too. Yeah. If that's what it takes to get you there and get yeah. some money raised, then we're we're ready to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Good. Good All stuff. right. So the next thing uh, this Saturday, it will be our uh, one of our show love events. It's this Saturday at the church, ten to eleven. We'll be giving out food, and we'll be giving out bus passes. So from 10 to 11, if you know anybody in need of food, our bus passes, we'll have food boxes, we'll have free bus passes, we'll have jackets if you need any. Um, So if you need, just come from 10 to 11, or if you even want to come serve, uh, we'll be here uh, starting about 9, 9.30. We'll be here to set up, get everything ready. And then uh, from 10 to 11, if you know anybody in need of food or bus passes, we'll be here. Yeah, if you need, if you know anybody that could benefit from that, this is something that's a non-member situation. Yeah. It's our way of trying to uh, feed anybody that may be down on their luck or having hard times, you know. So uh, either send somebody to get a box of food or come come uh, hand somebody a box of food. And, uh, you know, that's an, that's an opportunity for us to get to know new people. That's it. Saturday, 10 to 11. Yeah, so uh, so real quick, uh, before we, we move forward, this is something I've been thinking about. Like, um, you know, this year we are going to focus on being bold. Like, that's that's the word of, of the year for us. We're operating underneath that through everything that we're trying to accomplish this year. And uh, so I was thinking about it a lot on the, on the drive over here uh, in, in relation to what we're going to talk about today. Um, and you know, the scriptures say that the righteous are bold as lions. 
that we, uh, we face a, a society today, a culture today that's really just trying to, you know, over the last, just in my life, 20 years, we've taken God out of schools and out of the courthouses and, and all these things. And we have a great opportunity as the church to be bold in the face of um, a declining Christian culture. Let's just put it that way, right? Uh, losing Christian values and morals and principles and stuff and, and redefining uh, the family unit, gender, um, sexual relations, all those different things. And so we have a great opportunity to be bold right now. And so what I'm, I'm thinking about is along with the servant of the week, uh, maybe moving forward, we, we, we alternate that where uh, somebody has a, 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 an experience where they were bold mm-hmm. And they'd like to share that with us, and we can share that during table talk as, uh, you know, our lion for the week is Susie was at work and uh, got challenged on her faith and was able to share Jesus and invited that. But now that person's come to church, right? So, like, somebody who was bold as a lion for the week um, moving forward. So uh, just a thought, wanted to put it out there and uh, put, you know, consider whether that would be something worth sharing and and looking at as we're walking through because yeah, we're talking about prayer walking the whole city this year the uh, prayer team's meeting tonight to uh, start putting that together breaking areas of the city out and uh, kind of the the vision for that is to also designate somebody that's willing to contact all the different churches or schools or nonprofits that's in that area. We're walking that day and, and them be there with us and we can pray for them and over them and all these things and try to get some community support. Maybe even other churches uh, do it with us, whatever. But uh, we're going to be bold. We want the city to see us, not hear about us so that Christ can be exalted and Christ can be famous, right? So uh, we plan to be very bold this year in a lot of the things that we're doing, and, um, and, and I hope many of you will join us in doing those things. And, but the main thing is because after this weekend, we're gonna, me and uh, Nick's going to do a, a, just a two-week short sermon series on uh, bold, being bold as a lion, bold in your walk, and bold in your talk. And, um, and, and so that's just kind of, kind of pushing all of us in that direction so that we start thinking that way and we start, um, being bold as, yeah, as the scriptures suggest we should. Right. So anyways, uh, and and I do all that, uh, before we talked about this, because, um, this is really, so what's on the menu today is just counting the cost, um, you know, Nick got me thinking about following Jesus and, and, and being very um, clear about uh, the direction you're headed and, and realizing that Peter and Andrew had a decision that day to make, mm-hmm. to let go of the nets and to give it all up and yeah. to follow Jesus. And, and so it got me thinking about, man, uh, by, in doing that, we also have to count the cost. That's right. right. And, I, man, I heard this uh, last night. I was watching a sermon, and the guy said, it's far easier to lose. Uh, he said, you know, uh, it's far easier when you go to, when you don't have anything and you go to Jesus. He said, what you have to worry about and when counting the cost is, are you willing to give up success? Are you yeah. willing to give up, you know, you know, he was talking about the Nets. Are you willing to give up 
the things that you love. So in counting the cost, I know, like you said, like what, what's some things that you would say you've lost? You know, like for me, it's, man, I had a plan for my life, you know, yeah. like, and I actually liked the plan for my life, and I wanted to, you know, follow through with that plan, and I wanted to buy a big house, and I wanted to do all these things, and, um, you know, in counting the cost, man, I've lost friends, I've lost my plans, I've lost family members, I've lost, you know, um, a lot. Yeah, and, and I think that's why uh, Jesus is very, um, very clear that one way you can determine whether you're following him or not is that it's costing you something. Mm -hmm. um, this easy believism that you've raised your hand and therefore you're now a Christian is not the evidence of your Christianity, yeah. but rather um, you are immediately facing some type of, well, your enemy, the adversary. Mm -hmm. There's opposition, and, uh, and oftentimes what happens is, uh, for me specifically, was some of that opposition came from places I didn't expect it to. Yeah. So like you said, so like even with some family members, like immediately it's, hey, you know, Mr. Goody Two-Shoe, yeah. oh, you're a Christian now, mm -hmm. you know, get off your white horse and, yeah. uh, oh, I guess everybody, you know, oh, in, let me introduce uh, Jesus to you, you yeah. know, and so things are said like that and and that's hard. It is. Persecution yeah. and, and all those things and it's like, man... And it's funny because I, I want to withdraw from that. That causes me to like rethink what I'm doing because it's causing me grief. That's right. I mean, I've had people drag my name through the mud that I've yeah. did nothing but love. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why? But you see, like it's spiritual. It's costing you something. Like yeah. the, the way you live, it's uncomfortable when someone else doesn't live that way. It, they don't like it. So, of course, it pushes people away. And yeah. As Christians, like I love what you said, we live in this culture of easy believe, uh, believism, like follow when you want to. Yeah. Uh, it should, don't cost you nothing. You know, try Jesus. Mm. It's like, no, it will cost you something. He tells us it will cost us something. Yeah. There's, there is no, um, <laughs> there's no time in the Gospels where Jesus isn't challenging someone. That's it. Right, like the rich young ruler, you yeah. you preached on that yeah. encounter, and you talked about how, like, you know, he came to him and said, "Hey, teacher, what what can I do to inherit, the, yeah. you know, eternal life?" Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, "Well, do this and do that." And he's like, "Yeah, I've done all those things, uh, and I've done them really well." And he said, "Well, fine, go sell all your possessions mm -hmm. and then follow me." He wasn't ready for that no, one. wasn't ready. He was, he didn't count that cost. That's right. And so that's why I feel like it's really important to like think through the fact that by following Jesus, you know, am I like, am I following Jesus? What do that's I it. need to do? Well, is it costing you anything? That's right. It, like, I think that's an easy, like, is it costing you anything or is it just an add on to which is it a bonus? Basically, like, I think that's American Christianity. I do this and I like, I love Jesus. And it's yeah. like, no, following Jesus, like. He says, the world will hate you. It hated me. Yes, exactly. And like I said, when everybody loves you and everybody's your friend and everybody's your cheerleader, it's like, we might be doing something wrong, right? Yeah. I, I have countless conversations with people that's like, you know, I'm just struggling because some of these people are hating on me now because, and, and all I'm doing is trying to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. 
that's that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That makes the Bible even more that's true right. because Jesus said, when you follow him, those things will happen. Have you ever had someone ask you your opinion and then get mad at you for what you shared with Absolutely. them? And it's like, well, you asked me yeah. to tell you what I thought. I give you that truth and now you hate me. Yeah, and and yeah, and and a lot of times it's only because I failed to say, "Hey, God said." Yeah. When in reality all I'm doing is sharing what the Bible teaches to be true and what I'm believing is true, but all of a sudden that's wrong. Like, yeah. You know, they they make me the bad guy when in reality, no, you don't have a problem with me, you have a problem with God, that's right? It. And so um and I I this made me think about um when Friends of Sinners got started. Uh, I was in um, in the recovery community, and I had a lot of relationships mm-hmm. with individuals that I've, I've really uh, called my friends and mm-hmm. thought of them that way, right? And then uh, when when Friends of Sinners got started, they uh, they excommunicated me. Wow! From that community, literally. Yeah. And, uh, and they kept telling me, hey, you can't do recovery with Jesus. It won't work. And, mm. and, and I had to make a decision. Am I going to, you know, am I going to do this and lose this? Or am I going to stay silent and not do what I know God said to do so that they'll be happy? And yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, count so the cost. cost. Friendships. Cost me friendships, yeah. relationships. It cost me advancing in that community. Mm. And climbing that ladder yeah. and all those things. So right? even like the sermon I preached Sunday, like I think a lot of people just read that like, yeah, they followed Jesus. But like we can't leave behind. They, it cost them. Like they had invested in their boats, their nets, and that life. That was their identity. And they left that behind to left follow him. Immediately. immediately. And like I just think like a lot of people read the Bible and it's like, oh, yeah, easy to say. Well, you, I, you know, like would you do that? Yeah. Like, that's the, like, would you do that? Like, immediately leave that behind to follow Jesus? And man, like, that's a, that's a heart check for me. Yeah. And, and so, and, and let's be clear, right? Like, we get it. Yeah. Like, we understand the temptation there. Like, uh, it is hard, Mm -hmm. but, um, the temptation is that something of this world will satisfy you more than what God has for you. When in reality, there's nothing that satisfies more than God, right? That's right. So it takes real faith to really trust a God that you can't see. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, but we live by faith and not by sight. That's right? right. And so Jesus talks about this in Luke chapter uh, 14, verses 25 through 33. It's literally titled, this passage is titled, The Cost of Discipleship. And, and we're going to read it and, and just kind of... Uh, talk about it a little bit, and uh, because it's a tough passage, it's difficult to understand at face value. I'll never forget the first time I read it, and I thought to myself, wow, that's really, really harsh. But um, we want to be able to, to share this with you so you can understand. So verse 25 through 33, it says, Now great crowds accompanied, accompanied him, Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
for which of you, this is where he kind of puts, gives an illustration, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So kind of a tough... Um, Tough passage, just in the sense that Jesus uses that word "hate," yeah, and um, nobody thinks of being a uh, Christian uh, would ever um, consist of us hating our own family. And so, like, I, I wanted to just talk about that just for a second because it is a harsh word and it's hard to digest, and that could easily kind of turn you away from. Um, considering the importance of this passage. So the word hate there is more about the priority yeah. than it is um, what we think of as hating our brother. Yeah, Jesus is not um, encouraging us to be uh, a hate group. Rather, he's saying because he knows us so well, we would more so... Uh, choose our own family members who we love and we've been a part of that for you know our whole lives and what we know to be trustworthy and and reliable and all those things that we have to say hey I love you but I love Jesus more yeah so anything like God is not scooting over right right on his throne like God is not saying yeah, uh, well, do love them now and then love me later. Yeah. No, it's love me more than you love them. Yeah, put it, me first. Yeah, even if it, like, even if it pits you against you, you know, like. Because that'll be a lot of times, and I know you've experienced mm -hmm. this, and I have too. A lot of times that's the immediate opposition is family members who aren't Christians that'll have the biggest issue with you being Christians. Yeah, I've heard family members, man, he'll be back. Yeah. Can't wait till he comes back. Yeah. Almost like it's like they're wishing that. Like yeah. it's like, man, like, why aren't you happy for me? Right. I was doing doing drugs and selling drugs and I'm serving God now and it's like you're mad at me. Mm -hmm. Like why? I, I had a similar experience, a little different, where some family members who I know love me and meant well, they wanted me to follow Jesus, but only a certain, you know, like only so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it got to really living like my real, life for yeah. Jesus and like starting to get rid of things that maybe they still did because they can afford to do so, like drink or any mm -hmm. of those things, I can't do those things, uh, not... So, um, but all of a sudden it's, oh, you think you're better than me. And it's like, no, I'm just, That's it. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being called to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Yeah. I think a good, um, good movie I've watched, man, it's the insanity of God. Mm. And it basically asked the question, is following Jesus worth it? Yeah. And all those people had been persecuted in the movie. They had all lost some, one lost his kid, uh, in Africa for a disease he caught over there. So he went on this journey to say, like, was it worth it? Like, if I would have stayed in Kentucky, 
he was from Kentucky, and he was like, if I would have stayed, would my son still be alive? So he right. went on this journey, like, was it worth it, man? It cost me my son. And by the end of the movie, and I would highly recommend anyone watching it, like, it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, early on uh, when my oldest daughter was wanting to go on a mission trip to, like, Africa or something. And it wasn't like a safe place where yeah. a resort was. Yeah. Like it would have been, uh, you know, hostile towards Christians and all these things. And I had people that I love and admire that was really challenging me. Like, hey, wait a minute. You don't want to send your daughter over there. Yeah. What if something happened to her? And like I had to really think through that mm-hmm. and be like, man, what if something happened to her? while she was sharing Jesus with them Mm -hmm. and a whole community come to know Jesus because of their mission trip. Am I willing to allow her life to be in jeopardy? And, and the answer ended up being yes. Mm -hmm. And she never, she never had to, she went to Haiti instead, but, uh, but only because that was what, but the point is, is like it, it is, is it worth it? Yeah. Like, I think it's worth everything. I do too. It, it is because either you believe that she would be in a better place that you'll be with her forever mm-hmm. or what is here and now is more important than what is to come. That's, it. It, That's huge. Yeah, like is Jesus worth it? Do you see Jesus as better than anything? Like do we live for eternity or do we live for this life? You know, and I think that's what the question, like whatever it costs, man, if it costs me friends, if it costs family, if it costs my job, mm-hmm. Jesus is better. He, he, he's, a, he's worth it all. Like he, man, like life is like this and eternity is, goes on. Like, so do I want to live my life or what matters today yeah. or what's going to matter a hundred thousand years from now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what all Christians could consider when, well, I want to keep my friends and I want to, I want to make everybody happy. And I'm the worst at that. No, man, like Jesus is enough and he's better and he's worth it. He, he like, we got to stand as Christians on truth. And like, I just think in a culture we live in today, it's more, let's make it easy for everyone. Right. But when you look at the Bible and all Jesus died on the cross, all his disciples died. Yeah. Like it wasn't easy. Like, right. and when you see it cost them everything. And then for me, it's like, what's my excuse? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know... Mer- People unfollow me on Facebook. Yeah, Whoa, I mean, you know, I and, and even when that happens, I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel like I gained a lot because, yeah. you know, Jesus is clear that there should be a cost. And so, you know, all this just to, you know, so, you know, with Nick's sermon, follow me. Mm-hmm. There, We all have something that we need to give up, no mm-hmm. matter if we're a new Christian or a Christian after many years there are things that come, uh, you know, that creep in and we need to remove out of our lives so that we can focus more and be more committed to Jesus, right? Okay. But but we do need to, you know, we need to count the cost and we need to realize that one way to evaluate our lives as far as who we are following is that uh, where is that cost uh, taking place? Yeah. Because it's going to be something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not losing, you're gaining, I guess, is what's really important. Because So if you remember, like again, he's talking about the family specifically because the family's the hardest to experience opposition from because that's who you're the closest to, right? But remember the guy comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'll do whatever it takes. 
and he's like, yeah, well, um, you know, uh, well, go, you know, follow me. And he says, uh, well, let me, let me go back and bury uh, my dad and do some things that I need to get in order first before I do that. And he said, let the dead bury the dead. You yeah. follow me now. Yeah. And so Andrew and Peter's response was the response that we should all have. It should be immediately and that we should be willing to let go of everything that would keep us from following him. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So as we're being uh, bold uh, this year, um, I, I guess some of this is to provoke you guys to think about what you're willing to uh, lose, that you should count the cost now, that the world, uh, Owensboro does not need a bigger government. It needs a bigger church. And so uh, until the church stands up and starts being bold, uh, we're, we're going to continue I got all this stuff ready for this sermon I'm just so ready for this because I want to see I, I want to see us be bold man bold as lions so uh, this week um, if you know I, I'd like to encourage you one way to be bold is at work invite a friend to church That's it. that you think might not go to church Yeah. because Jesus is the solution what's right? the worst that can happen yeah. <laughs> say no they ain't going like, to throw a stone at you <laughs> I can't remember the statistic now, but there's some statistic out there. It's like 40, somewhere between 40 and 60% of people that was surveyed at one point said the reason they don't go to church is because nobody ever invited them. Yeah. And, oh, no, this is good, dude. So I was at uh, the Emmaus team formation last night, and there was, a, I'm just going to say, a person there. The Emmaus is where a bunch of different churches come together. And so I'm proud of Matthew's table is my point in this. But uh, she had been to church with us on Sundays for the last two weeks. Mm. Well, she's never been. Yeah. And, and I didn't get a chance to talk to her. And I, so I wanted to let her know, hey, we, we, uh, we've noticed that you've been there. We appreciate you coming. Um, we love having you. Um, and she said, yeah. She, so, she said, so listen, here's the deal. Once COVID happened, like I had all these excuses as to why not go to church. So I made a decision um, once I was on the Emmaus, working on the Emmaus again, that I needed to find a church and get back into church. Mm-hmm. She said, I was sitting in a group of uh, 10, 12 ladies, all from different churches, and I made the comment in front of them that uh, I'm looking for a good church. I need to get back into church. And she said, there was only one person out of all those ladies that approached me and asked me to come to church, and it was somebody from Matthew's table. Wow. She's at Matthew's table now because somebody was bold enough to say, hey, yeah. we would love to have you. Man, that's it. Isn't that so, like, it that's was just, powerful. like, you know, here I am thinking, you know, she heard about us, saw us online, thought, you know, no, it was one of our people yeah. was willing to say, hey, we'd love to have you. That's powerful. And now she's here. Here. So, Man, good. I don't know if she's staying or any of those yeah. things, but, like, it was just cool to experience that. So we, we love the people at our church, and this won't be a hard task for us to get our people to be bold because they're already bold. That's right. But, man, we need to maybe we need to raise the bar. That's it. Invite someone. I don't know where they're going to sit, but yeah. <laughs> invite someone to the first service. There's an early service yeah. at 830 <laughs> that would love to have them. Yeah. And uh, so... <laughs> No, yes. Sunday, Roger's preaching, man. It's uh, come, like, invite, like he said, invite someone, invite a family member, invite someone at work. Like, yeah. make it your goal to bring someone this Sunday. Yeah, we're going to teach y'all how to fight Sunday. So, uh, 
I love uh, a good fight. It's how I fight my battles. Yeah, it's how I fight my battles. So, anyways, um, be here Sunday, 8.30, 10.45. We love you guys, and Tonight, we'll see you Trenton next week. Grace, yeah. uh, 6 o'clock, Kids Table. Uh, leader Tamra Bostic is sharing her testimony. Ooh. Come and hear about what God has done in Tamra's life. Don't miss that. Six o'clock. So we'd love to see you. I'm gonna pray that. I want to pray for Miss yeah. Patty and uh, just some different people who got COVID sicknesses going on. Uh, if you need any prayer, just message uh, us today, and we'll be praying for you. Father, I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you for this table talk for Roger. Thank you for the media team who shows up so we can do. Uh, this table talk every Wednesday. I thank you for John and Lisa Klaus who serve our church uh, faithfully. Uh, and I just want to pray for uh, Miss Patty, uh, the sickness that has uh, she's been dealing with. I want to pray for just everybody that's been dealing with uh, COVID or any kind of sickness going on. I pray that you heal them, that um, they know that you're there. I pray that they know that their church loves them. And I just thank you for, again, that you save sinners. I pray for Roger as he's uh, going to be preparing his sermon Sunday. I pray that our church uh, is bold and that we learn how to fight our battles. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.